Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of the web series The Nature of Predators, taken from r slash hfy. This series is written by Space Paladin 15. All the relevant links will be in the description down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 1 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tava of the Vinlul Republic Date Standardized Human Time July 12th 2136. There were two known instances of predatory species achieving sentience in the galaxy. The Arxor were the first to be discovered and, as an anomaly, sparked the Federation's curiosity. By the previous hypothesis on intelligence, their existence was impossible. Conventional wisdom stated that cooperation led to higher thinking, which in turn led to the formation of technological societies. A predator's natural instinct for aggression should have limited their evolution. But it turned out that there was another motivator for technological progress. War. The Arxa derived pleasure from killing each other, and in doing so, managed to claw their way to an industrial stage. Their warfare was so deadly that we feared that they would become extinct before we could study them. The Federation saw their cruelty, but in our naivety, we thought we could change them. If we uplifted them, there would be no logical reason for their destructive ways to persist. Thus, we made our worst mistake. We decided to intervene. It was out of our kindness that we unleashed the galaxy's worst monsters. We gave genocidal maniacs the means to escape their planet, and all but invited them to our doorstep. The Federation was an easy target to them, and they set out to claim our territories for themselves. They torched wolves, enslaved millions, and bred our children as delicacies. Our pleas for mercy fell on deaf ears. Predators had no sense of compassion to appeal to, after all. The Federation rallied together to fend them off and began their ceaseless war over our survival. From that point onward, it was agreed that no predatory species would be allowed to reach the stars. Their guide was too great of a threat to the civilized universe. Little known to the public, scientists discovered a second predatory sapient centuries ago. Much like the Oxor, they slaughtered and committed atrocities against their own. It was visible from their broadcasts. The Federation voted to exterminate them before it was too late. But while we spent decades drafting termination plans, hundreds of nuclear explosions were detected across the planet. Our strategists concluded, with a grim sense of relief, that they had wiped themselves out. The species was forgotten, mentioned only as an asterisk to the Oxers' a unique predatory status. Yet now, my advisors were digging every record of these predators off of the internet. There was a vessel inbound for our world, with a subspace trail pointing back to the planet Earth. Governor Tava, my military advisor Cam, was growing more impatient by the minute. It was obvious that he wanted to be cleared for action. Please, I beg you, we must try to shoot them down. Are you certain that we cannot evacuate the planet? I asked. Cam sighed. You know the answer, ma'am. They were within orbital range by the time we detected them. It's already too late. I grimaced. Every FTL relay was broadcasting a planetary distress signal from the moment we identified the human ship. It was in vain, of course. It would take hours for our Federation allies to reach us. By the time they arrived, our world would be reduced to rubble. At least someone would investigate our death, then hopefully put the pieces together. Was there any way to stop the coming onslaught? Was enslavement preferable to death? There was doubtful but I didn't see another way to bargain for my race's survival. There was nothing else to be done. To put it simply, we couldn't divert resources to another army of predators. Our people didn't have the manpower or the spirit. Local forces were depleted from recent Oxor incursion, which was thwarted by the slimmest of margins. The humans caught us at a time of maximum vulnerability. There was no chance to fight or flee. As difficult as it was to surrender our home, it was the only option. Yes, I know. Send out an emergency alert. Get the civilians to bomb shelters immediately. 
I stared at my paws, cursing the day I chose to run for office. Contact the incoming shipper, I... I, uh, will personally offer our unconditional surrender. Surrender! Without firing a single shot, the advisor growled. Perhaps they'll be kinder than the ox, or... My hope is that they'll spare the children. The videotapes of our children lined up in front of a grey reptilians and shot by a mass grave rolled in my mind. It was their way of taunting us. At worst, we can buy some time. If we fight, they'll kill us all. I swiveled my chair away from the advisor, signaling that the discussion was over. An aide propped a camera in front of me, and with a swish of my tail, I showed that I was ready. Fear swelled up in my throat as we hailed the vessel on all frequencies. Would these creatures even answer? Predators didn't talk to prey, except to toy with them. Perhaps they would pick up, just to laugh at our desperation and weakness. To my surprise... The inbound ship accepted our transmission. A brown-skinned being appeared on the screen, sitting in some sort of pilot's chair. The words of our surrender were almost in my lips when its forward-facing eyes locked with mine. To my horror, it bared its teeth in a vicious snarl. Its sharp, hungry stare halted my thought process, sending my instincts into a primal cascade. This thing was feral. The hostility was unmistakable in its expression, it uttered a few words in glattural dialect, which I assumed was an announcement of our impending doom. The translator tingled in my ear, pressing the meaning into my mind. I took a shaky breath, certain the machine was wrong. Hello, we come in peace on behalf of the human race. I stared at it, lost for words. Peace? What? The translator spit out my question in the glattural language. The predator closed its maul, tilting its head. Did that translate wrong, you know? Peace? Friendship? Y yes. I, I know what, what peace means, I stammered. Why would you want that? Why would you not? It seemed almost taken aback. My people have looked to the stars for a long time and wondered if there was anyone else out there. I'm happy to have an answer and to know that we're not alone. You... You speak of peace, but you can't keep that snarl off your face, Predator! Cam interjected. What? I don't... It trailed off, as though something occurred to it. You mean the smile, don't you? I'm so sorry, I... I didn't mean to offend you, really. Smile? What does that word mean? I asked hesitantly. Uh, it's how humans show happiness and goodwill. Our lips curve up and, um... It rubbed its forehead with a soft appendage. Can we start our... I'm Noah. We're here on a mission of peaceful exploration. Noah really expected us to believe the flashing teeth meant as a friendly gesture. No. This had to be some sort of twisted game. Predators didn't do peaceful exploration. They trampled everything in their path and then burnt it for good measure. At least it wasn't killing us immediately. What choice did I have but to play along? So I gazed into those animal eyes and tried to keep my voice steady. I am Governor Tava. Welcome to Vinlil Prime. Thanks, the human said. I must admit, we were quite surprised to receive your transmission. You, you, you were? Why did you come here if you didn't detect us? We're from a planet called Earth, rich in water and oxygen. One of our science's nagging questions has been the origin of life. Our mission was to examine worlds similar to our own. And yours was the perfect candidate. You suspected that we would have the conditions for life then? Well, uh, yes. But every reasonable scientist back at home thought that our first contact would be a primitive life form. Finding a single-celled organism in your oceans would have been a major victory. Why would you care? Um, we are starting to think that we were the only instance of life arising, but now, finding a full-fledged technological civilization, it's, uh, wondrous. One that not only spotted us, but seems to understand what we are, too. You keep using that first-person plural. Who is we? Gossa. Where are my manners? Noah pivoted the camera to the side, revealing another human sitting at the console. This is Sarah. She's my co-pilot. She's logging all of this for our records. That's right, she agreed. I'm not much of a talker, but Noah runs his mouth enough for both of us anyways. The captain's eyebrows shot up. I do not. For a brief moment, watching their playful banter, 
I saw a kindred intelligence in them. My logical brain kicked in a second later, and the illusion dissolved with a cold certainty. Those predators aren't searching for life or science, I chided myself. They're looking for prey. It's an interstellar hunting expedition. That was the human's first realization that other intelligent life existed. All these measured words were a way of testing the waters, searching for any signs of weakness. We couldn't clue them into the fact that they were different. Perhaps if we kept it together with minimal indications of empathy or fear, they would leave of their own accord. Despite my misgivings, our best bet might be to treat this as an ordinary first contact situation. What would you say to seeing Van Lil Prime firsthand, as esteemed guests of the Republic, of course? Noah's eyes sparkled. It would be an honor. End of chapter. Chapter 2 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tava of the Venlil Republic Date Standardized Human Time July 12th, 2136 A shiver crept down my spine, and it wasn't only because of the winter air. The thought of standing in a close proximity to a predator made my skin crawl. But it was too late to turn back now. All I could do was watch with mute horror as the human ship powered down and a landing ramp unfurled. The primates marched onto Vinlil soil, and I suppressed a whimper. This felt like a nightmare that I would wake up from at any moment. Noah and Sarah marveled at their surroundings with wide-eyed fascination. Their gaze lingered on the intricate mansion behind them, then shifted to the city silhouette in the distance. The way they physically rotated their head to look around was uncanny. The menacing eyes of a predator didn't quite offer the peripheral vision that we enjoyed. That much was clear. There was no way that they were appreciating the beauty of our architecture. An ominous thought crept into my mind. Were they only landing to scout an invasion? Noah's eyes landed on our diplomatic envoy, and he started towards us without further hesitation. There were a mere three individuals present, me, Cam, and my diplomatic advisor, Kelm. I knew it was a pitiful showing, but it was next to impossible to persuade anyone to tag along. Listen, I hissed. Me need to act normally. No fear. No emotion. Cam flicked his ears in disgust. I can't believe you invited them here. We are buying time for the Federation to arrive. But how can you even look at them? You want to speak to those creatures for hours? Of course not. But the other option is another war with predators, and we've seen how well that's worked out with the Oxar. If there is a slight chance to avoid bloodshed, I'll take it. Happily. We should have blasted that ship out of the sky. Well, we have the chance. If you expect me to welcome these humans with open arms, that's not gonna happen. You are not to antagonize them, are we? Clear, I growled. Cam huffed, and I feared that there was an answer of itself. There was no time to persuade him, though, as the two humans had closed within earshot. I prayed that the advisor would come to his senses and keep his thoughts to himself. We needed to put our best foot forward if we wanted to get rid of these beasts peacefully. Keeping up the appearance of strength was important, if only to discourage the humans from decimating our home. Try to rile them up with a different story. That was nice suicidal. Predators thrived on the assertion of dominance, so I doubted they'd turn down a blatant challenge. Governor Tava. Noah stopped a few paces away from our group and flashed his teeth. It's lovely to meet you in person. My heart pounded, fear coursing through my veins like a dreadful cocktail. There was not a worse visual cue in the galaxy than flaunting one's fangs. The threat it communicated felt much more tangible in person. I swayed at my feet, trying to fight off the lightheadedness. A thud sounded beside me, which I realized was calm hitting the pavement. My diplomatic advisor, fainting, was not a good look. I knew that. Even Cam had his ears pressed against his head, earlier blust and forgotten. Wonderful, I thought. So much for behaving normally. Noah's eyes stretched wide, and his mistake seemed to dawn on him. He quickly covered his mouth with his hand. Uh, sorry. The predator captain muttered. I, I didn't mean to startle you. Uh, are you okay? There was no way to salvage the optics of this one. The human definitely realized that we were afraid of them at this point. I don't think my plan could have collapsed in a more disastrous manner. 
The initial idea of surrendering crept back into my mind. Whatever their ulterior motives were, there was nothing to deter them from taking what they pleased. The strange thing was, Noah seemed more distraught than amused. This species was slower to pounce and weakness than the ox or... Perhaps there was still a chance to salvage the meat, or explain away our behavior. I flicked my ears, trying to calm myself. Yes, well, he'll be fine. Um, this is just a, a, a bit overwhelming. Aliens landing on your planet. That must come as a terrible shock. Sarah exhaled heavily, before scribbling something on a notepad. They're handling this quite well, all things considered. I can't imagine what this would be like without your translator, Noah said. Please, forgive us. We're new to this whole first contact business. Cam knelt by Cullen's side, trying to rouse him, giving that nurturing trait stemmed from compassion that wasn't the sort of behavior to exhibit in front of predators either. I had to nip this conduct in the bud, or else the primates would think it was commonplace. That answered what I should do, but how could I have leave a man to die in the cold? How could I chastise my military advisor for basic empathy? The level of cruelty was beyond my sensibilities. Noah stooped down beside the fallen diplomat and braced myself for the worst, perhaps placing no value on sentient life, not even their own. The Oxel taught us that much. It was obvious the human thought that we would abandon Kaln, rather than allow weakness to tarnish the gene pool. How can I help? were the only words that came out of his mouth. I gaped at the human in disbelief, certain that I'd misheard. Where were the derisive comments, making light of Count's condition? You have helped enough, Cam spat. Noah lowered his head. I'm sorry, uh, it was an accident. It's all right, I jumped in, before the quarrel could break out. I apologize for my advisor's behavior. He's a bit, um, on edge. I understand, the male human said, with a despondent sigh. I fear I've ruined this whole thing. Noah meant no harm. Sarah patted her companion on the back reassuringly. Seeing an alien culture firsthand. It's the opportunity of a lifetime. You have no idea how excited we are. Clearly, that wasn't expressed in the best way. The human's behavior was growing more baffling by the minute. Everything in the Federation's database suggested that this was a base violent species. I thought that they would be able to turn their weapons against us fast enough. While their visual cues aligned with that assumption, their temperament seemed otherwise mellow. Why maintain this ruse? If they were probing for weakness, as I hypothesized, they had already seen enough to arrive at the conclusion on that front. I was beginning to think that I didn't understand their intentions at all. Perhaps these predators were capable of higher brain functions than we gave them credit for. Can you help us carry Chalent inside? I took a deep breath, waiting for my translator to catch up. We'll give you a tour after that. The humans nodded and positioned themselves to shoulder the brunt of the weight. A faint hope stirred in my chest. They were in no rush to finish us off. That meant that we had time to wait for the cavalry after all. I knew the Federation's response would be harsh when they found predators traipsing about on Venlil homeworld. Their actions would be along the lines of Cam's suggestion. Shoot first, ask questions later. The only reason this particular species hadn't been wiped out was we believed them to be extinct already. But the plans to obliterate Earth were drafted centuries ago. Eradicating humanity in one fell swoop might still be possible. We only needed to stall the landing party a little longer. What would happen to Noah and Sarah next? Well, an attempt would be made to capture them for scientific study. If the task proved too difficult, a special ops team would be sent to dispatch them. A strange guilt tore my stomach at the thought of the humans tied up in a lab. It was a misguided sense of empathy, but... They are predators. They survive by killing species lower and the totem pole. They literally eat flesh, I scolded myself. These humans slaughter each other, all the time, anyways. Thanks for your hospitality, Governor. Sarah cleared her throat, locking eyes with me. I can tell our species will be great friends. One day. The mere sight of these creatures disgusted me. What if we were wrong about them? Wasn't my intention to avoid bloodshed. Yes. Friends. I flicked my ears in agreement and tried to bury my conscience. I hope we will be. End of chapter.
Chapter 3 Memory Transcription Subject Governor Tarver of the Venlil Republic Date Standardized Human Time July 12, 2136 The tour of the Governor's Mansion started off without incident, and my nerves began to settle down. The humans tailed behind Cam and I, with questions pertaining to every subject under the sun, culture, history, politics. They couldn't absorb information fast enough. Had any other species arrived at our doorstep with such a childlike curiosity, their enthusiasm would be lauded. Hell, if you didn't look at the humans, you could almost forget they were predators. My brain switched to autopilot mode as I steered our group to the next stop, my office. However, the second I opened the door, I realized that I had made a dreadful mistake. In this morning's panic, I had left the TV on, and news was cycling through footage of bomb shelters across the planet. Governing advisors played on a loop in the background. They were speaking rather candidly about the human's foray and the likelihood of mass casualties. I scrambled to turn it off, but it was too late. The humans wandered over to the screen, staring in silence. They hadn't been this quiet since they started the tour. Seeing masses of people huddled together, crying, must have stirred something in them. I was wondering why there were so few staff here. No reporters either, Noah said finally. They've all been evacuated, haven't they? I cast my gaze downward. Yes. You thought that we were here to attack you. There was a flash of something in his brown eyes, and he pressed a hand on his forehead. My God, Sarah, you see how they look at us. I think they still believe that. Is it true, Tarver? Sarah asked. What do you think is our purpose? Panic fluttered my chest. There was no way to formulate a convincing reply. I took a few steps back, eyeing the humans warily. To deny the accusation would be to discount their intelligence. They would see right through any further deception. Silence was a way of confirming their suspicions without having to vocalize our terror. Cam, however, was eager to supply the answer. To kill us and to have a grand old time dragging it out. No, 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 no. Th that's not the case at all, Noah hissed. We mean you no harm. Look, if you want us to leave, we'll leave. Sarah raised her hand slowly. We never wanted to cause fear or disrupt your lives. We just wanted to meet other people. Other people like us. There are no people like you, Cam growled. Really? She pointed at a 3D photo on my desk, a hard glint in her eye. What about them? The picture in question was of myself, at a conference with dozens of Federation leaders. It was obvious to any intelligent observer that those diverse life forms were not of Venlil origin. What were the humans supposed to think? Seeing us comfortable with other aliens, they had to be wondering why they were so feared. I cursed myself for such a blatant oversight. You're right, I managed to speak, though my voice was hardly more than a whisper. They're not from all this world, like you. Noah cleared his throat. How many intelligent species are there that you know of? How did you find each other? I hesitated. If the humans intended to purge the galaxy, news of the Federation's existence would give them a starting point. It might also tip them off to the coming rescue party and cause them to accelerate invasion plans. But by the same token, they would discover it anyways. At least this way, we could gauge their reaction. Hundreds. Most of us are members of the Galactic Federation. It's a central governing body of sorts. Why do we bother you then? You're used to aliens. Sarah's eyes narrowed to an unnerving slits. Do we resemble something from your past? A growl rumbled in Cam's throat. You're a predator, a sentient predator. Wonderful. Could this conversation have gone any worse? In his hatred, the military advisor had just told the humans the actual reason that they were different. It stood to reason that if they were predators, by default, we were the opposite. If their instincts were awakened before, they had to be salivating now. There was a long silence, and I could almost see the gears turning in Sarah's mind. Surprise flashed on her face, as though she didn't understand why their nature mattered. Was this the first time the notion crossed her mind? It was tough to believe the humans were that oblivious to the food chain dynamics. Is, uh, that uncommon? She asked. Very. How many are there? You're the second. Noah turned his piercing gaze towards Cam. Who is the first? Silence blackened into the room with a heavy grip. Nobody wanted to explain what was happening with the Auks or not where even Cam would offer pointed comments on that subject. We didn't need to give the humans any ideas. The captain seemed to notice our expressions darkened, and the lines on his own face hardened. 
Who is the first? He repeated. My words could have provided an adequate description of an evil incarnate. My eyes swelled with water as memories resurfaced. My father, captured alive on the war front, shipped back piece by piece. The day the Arxor launched a gas attacks against my daughter's school and left her brain dead. The slave pits, the irradiated worlds, the Venlil kept his capital. I buried my head in my paws, trying to hide my tears. Showing such weakness in front of the humans was the worst thing that I could do. This species, for all of its refined words, was cut from the same cloth as our presses. If that was the extent of our plane, it would be weaponized down the road. Noah's eyes widened, and my heart sank my chest. The observant visitor had noticed my emotional lapse, and seemed to be debating his next action. After a moment's thought, he shuffled closer to me. Every instinct screamed to me to back away, but my paws refused to budge. As the predator reached out with his meaty paw, I waited for him to strike me. My mind was braced for the taunting, torture, or whatever else may come. Instead, he gently placed an appendage on my shoulder. Whatever they did, we're not like them. We're not going to hurt you, okay? Something seemed to snap in my soul, like a series of cracks spreading through a dam. Raw emotion pulled through my psyche, and I broke down, sobbing uncontrollably. Noah pulled me closer to him, stroking my head in a soothing manner. His embrace was warm, soft, and delicate. Yet I could feel the strength in his arms. There was a silent promise of safety in his grasp. He released me after a few seconds and wiped a tear off of my face. Cam's jaw looked like it was about to fall off. It was rare to see a general left speechless, but I understood why. Kindness was antithetical to the nature of a predator. He couldn't believe his eyes. For the first time since the humans appeared, I considered that they might be benevolent. They had to feel empathy to understand how to comfort others, after all. A decision cemented itself in my mind. I couldn't allow innocent people to die simply because of their appearance. The predators might be a threat, but we had judged them based on preconceived notions. I believe you, Noah. I snuffed. I'm sorry. This is the first time you've said my name. The human turned his head away, hiding a smile. Either of our names. I chuckled. But better late than never. Camera send the planetary distress signal. I can't do that, ma'am, the advisor said. I wasn't asking your opinion. That was an order, I snapped. For the star's sake, I'll do it myself. You don't understand. The Federation is already here. They're hating us. A string of curses escaped my lips, and the humans tilted their heads in confusion. I tried to imagine how the poor saps felt. A few hours ago, they hadn't even known extraterrestrial life existed. Now they learned of a galactic community, one that hated them without provocation. They had taken the news in stride, but it had to be overwhelming. Unfortunately, I still had one more bombshell to drop on them. How terrifying it would be, as guests on another world, to have warships arrive hell-bent on killing you. Wait, why is that bad? Noah asked. I thought the Federation are your friends. I avoided his gaze. They came before we sent a distress signal. They're expecting a fight. I see, well, uh, why don't we talk to them and explain that this is a misunderstanding once they know that we're peaceful? No. I appreciate the thought, but the second that they see your... Uh, I waved a paw in the general facility of my mouth and eyes. They won't listen to a word you say. They'll want you dead. Or worse, I added to myself. Right, the human muttered. So, I'm sorry about all this. Really? I scratched my chin, trying to think. I'll try to drive them off. Just stay out of sight. Let me do the talking, okay? No one nodded. Got it. I took a deep breath. Despite their repulsive appearance, the humans' actions exuded such a genuine kindness. They were strangely charming when you sensed the person beneath the monster. If anything happened to Noah and Sarah, the responsibility fell on my shoulders. To think minutes ago, I'd been hoping for the Federation to swoop in and save us. Now, my only objective was to save the lives of two predators. End of chapter. Chapter 4 
Memory Transcription Subject, Governor Tarver of the Venlil Republic. Date, Standardized Human Time, July 12, 2136. If the sensor data was to be believed, the Federation warships were gunning to Venlil Prime at blistering speed. Their hails seemed urgent, frantic even. They were resending their communication request every few seconds. I'd never seen such a harried response. But it made sense. Vendel Prime enjoyed a strategic location, nestled in the galaxy's outer arm. It was a fair distance away from Oxal space, so it was difficult for them to execute a surprise assault. Not to mention that it was a key supply route for our troops and launch point for the room patrols. Losing such an outpost would be a major setback for the Federation. As we accepted the hail, I was surprised to recognize the face on screen. It was Captain Slovlin from the powerful Gojidi Union. He had risen the two galactic fame after leading a valiant charge to break an Oxal siege on his home world. Typically, the Federation would send their nearest available assets. But this time, they'd scrounged up someone competent. Governor Tava. The relief was plain on Sovlin's place. He realized that we were alive. We are here to assist. What is the reason for your distress? The humans were waiting in the wings, just out of view of the camera. Sarah jotted something down on her notepad. It seemed to be stitching a new alien before her. A pang of guilt stabbed my chest, as I realized my instincts were still abuzz. Seeing them out in the corner of my eye was making my skin crawl. The way they came their heads to look at the screen, it was sickening. I see the Federation sent their finest, I said. The Venal Republic expresses our sincere gratitude for your response. Unfortunately, you've come all the way for no reason. By galactic law, the signal is only to be used for an extinction-level event. You owe us an explanation. A good one. The Goju growled. Did you deal with uh, the problem on your own? There was no problem. Sovereign blinked several times. I'm sorry. It was a false alarm. Our sensors malfunctioned due to a software update. What did you think you saw? We thought a predator... An Oxal ship jumped into orbit range. And you figured out that was a false because? There's nothing up here there on visual, Captain. Our backup sensors didn't detect anything either. Not the mention that we're still alive. The Gojit squinted at me, and I could tell he didn't quite buy my story. Sensor malfunction made themselves apparent quickly, due to the lack of corroborating evidence. He knew we should have projected faulty data much faster than the span of a few hours. The sharp glint in his eyes told me he intended to sniff out the truth. Cam, you're awfully quiet, the Federation officer noted. Do you have anything to add? I don't feel like talking. The military advisor paused. His gaze was not focused on the screen, so I figured he was studying the humans out of his periphery. Nothing to add anyways, Tava said it all. I breathed a silent sigh of relief. With the extent to which Cam despised the visitors, I half expected him to out them on the first opportunity. Had this call taken place a few minutes earlier, I suspect he would have turned the humans over. But their recent behavior must have impressed their insensitivity upon him too. Sovlin scrutinized us, suspicion marring his features. Why didn't you rescind the distress signal? It's still broadcasting now. I forgot, he replied. You forgot? The captain's voice leapt up an octave, and he flicked his claws in disgust. You've got to be kidding me. Do you know how many systems you've exposed by coming here? While we're chatting, a planet with real fucking threat could be glassed. Well, at least he seemed to buy the story. The Gojid's anger was justified, in fairness. If the Oxor invaded our neighbors now, Federation forces wouldn't be available to come to their defense. Sorry, I offered meekly. Whatever. We'll need to scan the subspace readings ourselves, Soblin said through gritted teeth. For our logs, I swallowed. If the Federation took the measurements themselves, they'd find ample evidence of human activity. The realization that we were hiding predators would horrify a seasoned veteran like Sovlin. With the amount of exposure we had to the Greys, he wouldn't accept the possibility that predators could be more than animals. In all likelihood, he would assume that we were acting under duress, no matter what we said. Ships would be requested to bombard Earth the second the trail was identified. That will not be acceptable. It'll only waste more time and energy, I straightened, and tried to make myself look confident. There is no need for a formal survey. Is our word not enough for your report? Standard protocol dictates people are freaked out enough with the false alarm. 
The last thing they need is to see is a Federation Armada frolicking around in the atmosphere. You called us, Tava. I'm going to do my job, and then I'll leave. You'll leave now. Your ships are not welcome here. If you enter our orbit, you will be fired upon. Sovlin's milky eyes glowed with hatred. Go ahead then, fire away. You wouldn't dare. The indicators spotting out the Armada's position crept towards our homeworld. I sighed in dismay. The last thing I wanted to do was trading missiles with Federation allies, but we might not have a choice. It seemed that the Sovlin would barge into our territory all the same, since he had the firepower to disregard our warning. We figured that we'd give in to simple, brutish intimidation. I gave a few tail signals to Cam, indicating for him to detonate missiles just short of their formation. This was an irreversible step. Firing upon our long-term allies, the Federation would, at best, abandon us in the fight against the Oxor. Was I damning our species to extinction? I mean, what were the chances that the humans would protect us? Hell, I still wasn't positive that they wouldn't drop the facade the second the fleet was gone. We should be grateful if they didn't murder us all themselves. Captain Slovin wrenched his claws in shock as the computer warned him about the inbound missiles. He barked out at the crew to reverse course and divert power to shields. Then he relayed orders to the rest of the fleet to fall back. I thought he'd forgotten the video call was open until he shot a blistering glare at the camera. You shot at us! The gojid stared at his weapons console, as though considering whether to return fire. You actually shot at us! That's an act of war! That was a warning shot. We don't want to hurt you, but we will, I hissed. How can you be so ungrateful after all that we've done for you? He spat. I'll be recommending sanctions in my report, and the next time you call for help, we'll, we'll let the greys eat your miserable facts. The feed cut out abruptly, and I sank to the floor in relief. There would be hell to pay at the next Federation summit, but at least our mistake had been undone without bloodshed. I remained to be seen how the humans would reward our gamble. Their body language betrayed little emotion. What if the astronauts were cross with us? We had plotted and nearly gone through with their extinction, after all. They're gone. I turned to face the predators and prayed that they made the right decision. You're safe now. Noah clasped his hands together. Thank you. Both of you, you didn't have to protect us. I hope the consequences aren't too severe. That guy sounded pissed. Ah, it was worth it. And did you see the look on his face? Cam chuckled. Noah's lips curved up, and a rumbling sound came from his chest. It sounded like a growling, but my translator was insistent that it was laughter. The way predators conveyed emotion left a lot to be desired. My logical brain agreed with my machine, but my instincts weren't as convinced. Sarah jabbed an elbow in her partner's stomach. What do we say about smiling? Uh, hurt, he protested. I can't help it. Cam made me laugh. The military advisor flicked his ears. What can I say? I'm a funny guy. Funny or not, Sovlin wasn't playing. The Gojids have a lot to pull with the Federation, I muttered. We've just burned a serious bridge. Can you patch things up down the road? Sarah asked. After decades of groveling. Sure, I sighed, shaking my head. But enough of that. We need to talk. The female predator nodded. What about? First off, do you still want to be here? We've been terrible hosts. I understand if you rescind your offer of friendship. After what we put you through. It takes more than that to scare us off, Tava. I'm happy that we could work through our differences together. Sarah was well-spoken, same as her partner, but I couldn't shake the lingering doubts. If our species were to make an honest attempt at friendship, disclosure of Oxyor history was a must. A secret, abhorrent, couldn't fester between us, especially when it would be the subtext for all of our interactions. When the humans learned about the Oxor had done, they would realize their own species' untapped potential. The tales would trickle back to Terran leadership and circulate amongst the populace. What if it inspired them to take up the torch? It wasn't too late to change their mind about harming us. How deep did the predator's compassion run, anyways? I drew a shaky breath. We never answered your question about the, uh, first predators we encountered. I think we owe you a pro- a, a proper explanation. You don't owe us anything, Noah said in a soft tone. If you're not ready, you don't have to talk about it. My resolve hardened as I met the male human's eyes. I recalled the horror in Noah's voice when Cam suggested that they were here to kill us. The feel of his thumb wiping saline from my cheek. 
Those weren't the actions of an ox or they were people with intelligence and emotions. I want to. I want you to know everything. Are you sure that's a good idea, Tarver? Cam asked. Yes, I am. I have to believe that the humans are worth the risk we're taking. I could feel my heart rate accelerating, despite my confident words. The mere thought of the greys conjured fear and dread. The first predators were the Oxor. The Federation has been at war with them for centuries. The male human raised an eyebrow. All of you, against them. And it's not enough, I responded. Noah, they've hunted 20% of all sentient species to extinction. In this galaxy, anyways. His predatory eyes widened. Why? They kill for pleasure. They want us to suffer. I reached for my tablet and pulled up a recent video of Oxor had sent us. See for yourselves. Noah pried the device from my paws, and Sarah leaned in to look at the footage. They depicted a group of Oxor guards laughing as they released farm-raised Venlil pups from their pen. The reptilians wanted to hunt their meals, to watch their prey squirm in terror. The younglings had their eyes gouged out, and if they didn't run fast enough to amuse the guards, they were prodded with an electric rod. The Oxor clubbed a pup repeatedly on screen, making sure to break all of its limbs first. I watched the humans' reactions. At first, they seemed shocked, but then their countenance morphed into something else. Their faces contorted into a mask of pure hatred. Their eyes dilated, their lips curled back, neck veins bulging. There was the predator that had been concealed with such care. I was suddenly more inclined to believe that a smile was their friendly expression. The humans had either sudden desire to eat us or were livid at the treatment of our people. I hoped that it was the latter. This is how they treat prisoners. Children at that, Sarah asked. Children at that. She seemed to implicitly understand that it made it worse. Prisoners. No, that's a farm. Cam eyed the humans warily, but his tone had lost its edge. The hardy species become slaves. The ones that taste good become food. And everyone else gets their planets blown to smithereens. Noah pressed the tablet back to me. I flinched at the iciness in his glare. Send us everything you have on the Axel, he said. There's a human concept I'm sure Earth would love to teach them. I stared at the angry predator. And, uh, what is that concept exactly? A toothy smile crossed Noah's face. We call it Karma. End of chapter. Memory Transcript Subject UN Secretary General Elias Meyer Date Standardized Human Time July 13, 2136 The 2136 Climate Change Summit was the latest in an ongoing saga, complete with usual finger-pointing and empty promises. The United Nations had taken on a role as a central world government following the satellite wars of the late 21st century. Russia, China, and the United States were still rebuilding their crippled power grids in its aftermath. After realizing the extent of our dependence on technology, the world's country signed a treaty of Shanghai to govern cyber warfare. As part of the accord, the UN was given greater authority to mediate disputes in the hopes of preventing escalation in the future. Following several natural disasters this year, the General Assembly convened to discuss solutions. Investment in fusion energy was the main item on the docket, though I doubted any parties would commit beyond fancy words. Despite my jaded view, as UN Secretary General, my presence was mandatory at all of these events. I was zoned out while the Canadian Ambassador spoke, nodding and smiling every now and then to keep up appearances. An aide tapped me on the shoulder, startling me out of my trance. Sir, she whispered, I need you to come with me. What was so important that it couldn't wait an hour? My staff were instructed to only approach in an emergency. There was a brief moment of worry, as I wondered whether there was a credible threat to my life. My security details seemed relaxed, though, so that likely was not the case. I followed her into the briefing room when several serious-looking individuals were waiting. The amount of military personnel present made me think of some conflict had erupted. The strange thing was that the representatives of the various space agencies were present, including the ESA, NASA, and CNSA. The gears started to turn in my head. 
The first extrasolar mission had departed a few weeks ago. They weren't supposed to return for months. Something must have gone wrong. I settled down at the head of the mahogany table. Quite the crowd you've got here. Could someone please fill me in? The Odyssey crew made contact with an extraterrestrials. A short-haired woman in a leather jacket passed me a folder. Her name tag read Dr. Kuiper Seti. They call themselves the Venil. According to our new friends, there are hundreds of other intelligent species out there. We're not alone, Mr. Secretary. This is the biggest news of all time. I leafed through the dossier, taking a moment to process the news. The first page was a grainy image of the astronaut standing with a group of Venlil. The aliens were bipedal like us, but that's where the similarities ended. They had woolly grey fur, side-facing eyes, and spindly legs that bent inwards. I wasn't even sure if they had noses. Any information released to the public needed to be handled with the utmost care. Science fiction had gotten people used to the idea of aliens, but the revelation of hundreds of species at once, that would shatter any notion of humanity being special. Some people would be frightened, and we needed to make sure that they'd look to us for answers. The last thing we needed for the conspiracy theorists and UFO hunters to take control of the discussion. The situation could be devolved into a panic fest. Not to mention how delicate communications with aliens would be. Their culture was entirely new. We could offend them without even realizing it. It was no small task ahead of us, learning their language, establishing diplomatic relations, and monitoring potential threats. It was to be work of an entire generation. I count at least 40 generals in this room, which seems unnecessary, I said Lost. Are the aliens friendly? Dr. Keimfer frowned. It's not so simple, I'm afraid. What do you mean? That shouldn't be a hard question. I'd been expecting a yes, not a non-committal reply. My heart sank at their implication hit me. Either they're friendly, or they're hostile. The aliens are friendly, except for one species. That species is at war with the rest of the galaxy, and they're quite the formidable foe. They've wiped out 62 worlds, and fighting them at the cost of billions of lives. They destroyed 62 planets by themselves, Jesus Christ. Please tell me you're kidding. I wish, sir. There's a full brief and page labeled Oxor in your file. There's also footage of them committing every war crime in the book. I mean, they literally eat children. Shit. Let's face it, we're barely space-bearing. We need to hammer out alliances with other aliens pronto. I want every diplomat relegated to this project. Well, that's the thing, sir. Dr. Comfer gave me apologetic smile, as though she was about to give more bad news. How could this get worse? The Federation is afraid of us. The Venlil governor thinks that they wouldn't want our friendship even with her blessing. In fact, she says that they might attack us on sight. Why exactly? I asked. Humans are predators, and the only other intelligent predator, let me guess, the Arxor, I sighed. The SETI researcher nodded. With a heavy heart, I leaned back in my chair. Humans could be petty and violent, but even on our worst days, we didn't eat children. You could at least give us that. A bit of smoke played on my lips. So I'm hearing not to invite the Venlil to a family barbecue. Yes, Doctor. Dr. Kaimfer stilted a laugh. And not to make that comment of them either, sir. I doubt that they'd be amused. The poor furballs thought that we were there to kill them. But we won them over, didn't we? Are you certain that we can't bring the Federation around too? I don't like the odds, us taking out on a technologically superior species alone. I'm positive. Tava was quite empathic. Our astronauts say her primary concern was for the safety of Earth as a whole. She believes that there would be some, uh, drastic overreactions. After what they've been through, I can't say that I blame them. In that case, humanity shouldn't expect a welcome party from our neighbors. It was a shame our evolutionary link with the author precluded that possibility, or even the prospect of civil relations. The fact that the first contact hadn't ended in violence was miraculous by the sound of it. Things could have fallen apart without the astronauts ever realizing why. We'd only know the aliens attacked a research vessel without cause. This would be a very different briefing. I made a mental note to give Governor Tava a proper thanks for staying her hand and filling us in. While I didn't want to rule out swaying the aliens, gambling with Earth's security was out of the question. Mankind were on our own against a genocidal scourge. Well then, this is a rare occasion I'm open to suggestions from Peanut Gallery. 
my eyes locked with the American and Chinese generals, who appeared to be discussing something. Do you have a proposal? General Zhao cleared his throat. It's not all bad news. From what we've seen, the Federation's tactics and weapons are subpar. We should spend a few months building a proper fleet and running joint exercises. I think we can catch the Oxel by surprise. We might stand a chance. I agree. General Jones offered a supportive nod, and I raised an eyebrow at her. This might be the first time I'd seen the US and China work together since the war. Once we're ready, you and forces can coordinate an offensive. We found several targets, including planets where sentience are bred for food. A ground assault is the perfect way to test our forces without showing our hand. We don't want to overcommit, General Zhao added. If we can liberate some Federation citizens and bring them home, it might buy us some goodwill. We all agree that the Ox are a menace, but I must ask, should we really get involved at all? I paused, choosing my next words carefully. So far, they've let us alone. By launching an attack, we'll be announcing our presence to those monsters. We drag Earth into an intergalactic war and risk untold human lives. Do we chance becoming dead world number 63, or a bunch of aliens who hate us? In my opinion, they'll come for us eventually. We either fight them now or we fight them later, General Jones replied. The difference is, if we choose later, we won't have anyone to stand with us. The Federation is not faring well. I grimaced. The Oxal sadism was bound to awaken unsavory sentiments when it was plastered across the airwaves. How were we going to prevent widespread hysteria? My original plan was to break this discovery to the masses gradually, but with such a serious crisis, people deserved fair warning. After all, humanity's existence hinged on the decisions that were made today. I hoped the public could handle the truth. If we're going to do this, we need unity at home. People need to know what they're signing up for. I pressed a hand to my temple, trying to suppress the growing headache. Release everything to the public and let them make the decision. If there's a broad support for the war, then we'll fight the bastards. Perhaps the revelation of aliens would make us set aside our differences and face this threat as a united species. As far as I knew, Earth only had one chance to get this right. And I would just quickly like to thank the T5 channel members and patrons. Caspar Arnholtz, Cam Maxwell, Barky, Mid's Difficult to Pronounce, Lord Azrakul, and Arcadian.